The epistle for the last Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Colossians, chapter 1. Brethren, we cease not to pray for you and to beg that you may be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of God in all things pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to the power of his glory, in all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to God the Father, who hath made us worthy to be partakers of the lot of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the remission of sins. And the Holy Gospel. Is taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 24. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, When you shall see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, he that readeth, let him understand. Then they that are in Judea, let them flee to the mountains. And he that is on the housetop, let him not come down to take anything out of his house. And he that is in the field, let him not go back to take his coat. And woe to them that are with child and that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath. For there shall be then great tribulation, such as hath not been from the beginning of the world until now, neither shall be. And unless those days had been shortened, no flesh should be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, do not believe him. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch as to to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told it to you beforehand, If therefore they shall say to you, Behold, he is in the desert, go ye not out. Behold, he is in the closets, believe it not. For as lightning cometh out of the east, and appeareth even into the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Wheresoever the body shall be, there shall the eagles also be gathered together. And immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be moved. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with much power and majesty. And he shall send his angels with a trumpet and a great voice, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest parts of the heavens to the utmost bounds of them. And from the fig tree learn a parable. When the branch thereof is now tender and the leaves come forth, you know that summer is nigh. So you also, when you shall see all these things, know ye that it is nigh even at the doors. Amen, I say to you, that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass, but my words shall not pass. Thus far are the words of today's Holy Gospel.
They will see the Son of Man coming upon the clouds of heaven with great power and majesty. And these words are taken from the gospel of today's Mass in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, in the gospel of today's Mass, our divine Savior talks about the end of the world. And he reminds us of the last judgment. The church places this gospel here on this last Sunday of the church year so that we think about and consider the last judgment. We know that everyone will be judged immediately after death. That is called the particular judgment in which a soul will be condemned to hell or rewarded heaven according to the state of his soul. But there will also be a second judgment, the general judgment, in which every single person ever created will be, be will be gathered together to be judged by our divine Savior before all men. This general judgment will happen at the end of the world after the world is destroyed. <clears throat> St. Alphonsus describes how at the end of the world, floods of fire will descend from heaven, engulfing the earth, burning and destroying everything upon it. Every home, every building, monuments, churches, cities and kingdoms, no matter how great, every living creature, everything will be reduced to a pile of ashes. It will really be the abomination of desolation as our Lord talks about in the gospel of today's mass. And after this, a thundering trumpet will sound and echo throughout the land, summoning all souls to rise and to go to their last judgment. At the sound of the trumpet, every soul will be reunited with his or her body. Just as death separated the soul from the body, at the end of the world, the resurrection of the body, all souls will be joined to their body again. But St. Alphonsus says that the bodies will appear very different from how we know them now. He says the bodies of the just will appear brighter, more beautiful, and resplendent like the sun. Whereas the bodies of the damned will appear hideously deformed, giving off a terrible stench, he says. And after this resurrection of the body, the angels will then lead everyone to the Holy Land near Jerusalem, to be judged at the Valley of Jehoshaphat. And once everyone is assembled, the angels will then go about the multitude, millions upon millions of people, and they will go about the crowd and they will separate the wicked from the just, so that the wicked stand on one side of the valley, valley and the justified on the other. 
And then once divided, my dear faithful, as today's gospel says, then will the Son of Man come upon the clouds of heaven with great power and majesty. Jesus Christ will come to judge all mankind. And every single person will stand on trial at this judgment. Time will not be an issue here. St. Thomas Aquinas says, the last judgment, excuse me, St. Thomas Aquinas says that the last judgment will seem like a moment, even though we will go through every single person, including ourselves. Every thought, word, deed, and omission, even the most secret, will be revealed to all men. I just read about a famous case, uh, or rather a trial, that took place in Italy at the close of the Second World War. A man by the name of Pietro Caruso was on trial for having betrayed his country and for the cruel murder of a number of innocent people, civilians and prisoners. Pietro Caruso was actually part of a plot that was ordered by Hitler. Hitler, who wanted to retaliate for an attack on his army. And he wanted to get back by massacring civilians and political leaders. This is what is called the Ardiatine Massacre, in which 335 Italians were secretly brought to caves and were executed, murdered. And so during the trial for these terrible war crimes, Pietro Caruso sat there in the courtroom while the medical examiner gave a vivid description of the executed bodies that were recovered in the caves where they had been hidden. And the newspapers and eyewitnesses said that as his crimes were being described, Pietro Caruso turned sickly pale. His guilt was so terrifying. They said that he shook so much that his hands rattled the papers he was holding as the accounts were being read. And one witness after another gave details of his crimes. While Pietro Caruso passed his hands despairingly over his eyes, as if to wipe away the sight of his sins. When you think about this, what a terrible thing this is. What a terrible thing this would be to go through or to even be there to, as an eyewitness. You feel bad for the poor man. But many of the witnesses there were angry and they wanted justice. Justice for the horrible crimes Pietro committed against his very own people. He asked for a postponement of his trial, but that was denied. And it was then and there that Pietro Caruso had to face judgment for his crimes. I think, my dear faithful, I think this is a picture in miniature of what will happen when the Son of Man shall come to judge all men. 
what Pietro Caruso went through in his trial, all sinners will go through on the last day. Every man will stand before the divine judge. His sins, whether of thought, word, or deed, will be, as one author puts it, will be written across the sky for everyone to see, exposed to all. And unlike our trials here on earth, this trial will include no debating. There's no chance to give an answer or to give an excuse. No chance for another trial or postponement. And depending on the state of one's soul, after this trial, a soul will either hear from our Lord those most terrible words, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Or a soul will hear those most thrilling and those most glorious words. Come, ye blessed of my Father, and possess the kingdom prepared for you. What, my dear faithful, what will your sentence be? What would your sentence be if you were called to that trial right now? Most likely, as you are now, you will be then. For as many spiritual writers say, we die as we live. And so we ought to really consider these things today. Right? We would think a man crazy if he took no interest in a trial that will mean for him eternal death or eternal life. And so, my dear faithful, examine your thoughts. There is too much pride in us, too much envy and hate, too much dishonesty, too much criticism of our neighbor, rash judgments and vanity. Ask yourself today, am I guilty of any of these? Our words will be judged as well as our thoughts, the scandals we may have given, especially to the young. And of course, all of our deeds and actions will be judged as well. Impurities, which St. Paul says should not even be mentioned in thought, word, and action, will be made known to the entire world. All unconfessed mortal sins will be made known to everyone. Now, we may wonder sometimes, or the question is asked, why is there this second general judgment when we have the particular judgment which seals our fate for all eternity? But my dear faithful, the last judgment will not reverse the sentence passed immediately following death. It will merely confirm the first judgment. The general judgment, however, is necessary in order to show and to prove to the world God's justice and his providence. God's providence is often misunderstood and questioned in this life. We hear men complain, how can God allow the wicked to prosper? How can God allow such terrible evil 
wars? How can he allow tortures and misery? And it is at the judgment day that all of this will be revealed. It is then at that last day where we will understand why in this valley of tears the good often suffer great hardships and crosses in their lives while the evil and wicked men prosper. We know and we hear from the pulpits that God draws good from evil. And it is at the last judgment that we will then see clearly the good that God has drawn out of all of the evil in the world. For the justice of God will be revealed. All of the injustices we see in the world today will be straightened out. Because at the last judgment, the wicked will be condemned and punished, and those who suffered patiently will be rewarded. Right? We may wonder ourselves, for example, with the way things are going in our country, why do evil men get their way? And we have to remember that the church teaches that somewhere, somehow, and sometime, All of this must be straightened out and balanced. The last judgment will do that in a way in which all men will understand. And so, my dear faithful, this thought of the last judgment, the wicked should take warning. And the virtuous, this loss of the, this thought of the last judgment, the virtuous and those really striving to become saints must take courage and persevere. You can even think of how this day will be for different men, for ourselves, when everything will be revealed to all men. You can even think of the, how the heroic deeds of the saints will be revealed. And you will see that even though they had their headaches and heartaches, their crosses in their lives, that they offered them up patiently for the love of their Jesus. They tried so hard to be patient so that they could enjoy an eternal reward later. And you could think too, as some authors say, that the sins of the saints will be revealed as well, not for their shame, but how through the sacraments and through the most merciful heart of God here on earth, these once sinners were able to save their souls. Right? What what did our Lord say about St. Mary Magdalene after her great conversion? He said, many sins are forgiven her because she loved much. And so we could think of the trial of St. Augustine or of St. Mary Magdalene, St. Teresa of Avila on the Last Judgment. How glorious that will be because they took advantage of Christ's merit while still here on earth. Or to think of the trial of the good thief, the good thief who died beside our Lord, how his trial will be that although he lived a most sinful life, he converted at the end and he gained eternal life. 
So, my dear faithful, each and every day we should pray the prayer of the good thief. We should pray, most sacred heart of Jesus, remember me in paradise. Each and every day we should renew our determination to fight sin, to avoid the near occasions of sin, and to practice virtue even when it is hard to console the most loving and burning heart of Christ and to be faithful to his mother's immaculate heart. And to do all of this so that one day, at the last day, we may stand amidst our heavenly companions at the Valley of Jehoshaphat, to stand there with the saints, the angels, and God willing, our loved ones, our family members, so that we may hear from our Savior the greatest words ever uttered to man. Come. Come, ye blessed of my Father, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.